Welcome back to your daily dose with Bob and Nick. It's the Bob half of that formula. Many of you know that my podcast partner Nick is a master of many media. I first met him on his radio show called To a Certain Degree. I had no idea what to expect, but it turned out to be a very fun, very rapid fire conversation sparked by Nick's weird questions and challenges. I had a blast. Today, Nick talks about the evolution of that show and one of his guests who offered a fascinating answer to one of Nick's go to questions. Check it out. Yeah, I do want you. I want you to tell me about this new format because I think I know about the new format for, uh, for to a certain degree. But I, I keep I see the multiple guests that you have coming on and talking about different things. Is this a is this a mashup of past shows? Or are you actually bringing people in and recording new stuff in that? Scenario? Yeah, so it's all new stuff so far. It is. Okay. So I'm going to see about using the occasional thing because there's a lot of good evergreen content. Like I love my interview with Dave Krepko. For yeah. example, um, and he's retiring. He's retiring the end of this year. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, there, and there's so much to learn from him. It was so dense. Yeah. But during COVID and during quarantine, and when I was trying to listen to podcasts and interact with podcasts, like my format before, I can't listen to it anymore. Yeah. The long form interview, even if it's broken up with segments, like one guest for an hour and a half. Yeah, it's a lot. Is a lot. But I think you filled that space really well, though. You you got creative in a million directions Absolutely. during that time. But it was also, I guess the other side of that is it's not challenging. It's yeah. like the easiest podcast format is to sit down, talk for two hours with whoever, whether it's a new guest every week or the same three people um, or three people in a guest, whatever it is. And then just for the most part, not edit it. Yeah, You're not taking a two-hour interview or two-hour conversation and editing it down to the best half hour, you're putting out the two hours. It's just putting raw, yeah, it's raw data. Yeah. It's and like, it, nothing wrong with that, but, but and it's easy. Yeah. Um, but it's just not the format that I like anymore. So I thought, you know, it's, it's, there's no challenge to it. Mm-hmm. I know I could keep doing this, I could do it. My big challenge was doing it outside of the studio, not having that sense of urgency because we're live on the air yeah not trying to fill exactly two hours with music and conversation um so i wanted to do something that was more themed and i haven't quite got there yet Mm. but like uh there's an episode that's coming out um in a uh, thursday that's going to be about some of the questions that i'm asking Mm. you know so that's going to be the theme i'm asking tease uh malin and brendan byrne and uh jeremy sagers like these interesting, different questions, but yeah. interesting questions. Well, so you're giving us a peek behind the curtain as far as uh, your rationale behind the questions that you ask? Because I think that would be fascinating to know. A little bit of that, especially on this episode, because like one of them was with Jeremy, um, I was trying to come up with a good question around, uh, you know, the desert island music, mm-hmm. right? Who is the, your desert island artist? What's your desert island disc? What's your desert island, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was like, I sit down with somebody and I ask four or five questions, and then maybe we do a segment if I think the person is going to be open to that. So whether that's bad business ideas or dream analysis or yeah. one of these crazy things. And I was like, what about Desert Island Decade? And so I asked two people before Jeremy. And I was like, so I want to ask like three people, and maybe it doesn't work, and I just don't use it. Yeah. Um, and so they both said the 90s. And I'm like, okay, so everyone's going to pick the decade where they were a teenager. 
and they were most susceptible to music. I think you're probably right. Right? Yeah. Um, but Jeremy didn't. And I was I was like, okay, so this isn't going to be a good question because mm-hmm. everyone's just going to pick that and there's, you know, it's going to be 90s for the people who are millennials, 80s for the people who are Gen X, 70s for, uh, you know, 60s, 70s for the boomers. It's a less interesting question, though, too, just to yeah. choose the decade because what does right. that tell you about the person right? but i i thought that the artist or the disc is too specific right yeah. like then people get into well i can pick five you know i'd be like one song you get yeah. one song that's gonna play over, over and, and over, over again, again your whole life that would be fun yeah. and then we fight it figure out why you're on that island <laughs> like what happened to you what did you do are you being punished have, you've imagined being on an island haven't you like, all the time I, I, like faking your death and going to an island yeah i imagine that <laughs> constantly yeah, that's a new variable wait wait you don't do the faking your death not the how do you get to the death. island i just why are you a, on an island a boat of some kind or or a shipwreck so uh jeremy sagers yes. who is uh well known in the community i completely underestimated jerry jeremy sagers um when i first met him i just didn't i just know who he was and yeah. i didn't know how smart he was and how talented he was and how sensitive he was and uh, what a cool guy he was so i i just i where'd I, you meet him um, I met him, I think, at a Fringe Festival. And I was, oh, just, okay. yeah. I was just introduced to him by somebody else. And he seemed like a perfectly nice guy. And it wasn't that I underestimated him so much as he uh, he overperformed beyond my expectations. You know, I, I expected what I would expect from anybody. But he's produced some really interesting stuff. And he's a terrific director. And he's just a good uh, creative mind. I like, yeah. I like how he thinks. Well, so one of the things that has influenced him is a period of time uh, in the sixties before he was born. So that's when I asked him about the desert Island decade, the music that that would be, uh, you know, the one that he would want to listen to over and over again. It was that yeah, because of uh, it's reflected or it's the time period is of this very influential time in theater. So there were all these philosophies about theater anywhere that open it up a little bit more, make it a little more abstract. Like, it doesn't have to be just beat, beat, beat. It That's when improv be. was born during yeah. that during that period. So it was a little bit of that, and it was like, oh, okay. So there is value to this question. It just may only hit once every third time. Right. Well, well, I like the context of it. The thing is, the answer to the question itself is okay. You get a decade, right? And that's my shallow thinking when I said it's not that interesting. When you get into the reasoning behind it. That's a that's a juicy conversation. Right. So again, you never know what you're going to get when you ask these questions. You should, if you're doing something like this, if you're doing an interview style, yeah. ask it a few times. And if it doesn't land, it doesn't land. But then mm. try it again with somebody else because you never know what's going to happen. Hey, it's Nick. Thanks for listening. Music, literature, art. Our passions are easy to talk about, but sometimes difficult to rank. Your top 10 of any category could change over time. So instead of your favorite decade of music, what was your favorite decade? Not like 90s, 80s, aughts. What are your favorite 10 years of your life? Now that's a good question I should ask somebody. Have a great day.